Have you ever wished that your world had more magic? Or that your favorite character had survived? How about a full-length spin-off of your favorite childhood series? Then we have a podcast for you! Hello everyone, I'm Claire. And I'm Kat. And this is Fire Whiskey and Honey, a podcast about your favorite novel-length Potter fan fiction. The dead of time! Each episode, we read a chapter of this story. Which is rated explicit for language and adult situations. So listen with headphones. Or don't. We don't judge. Without further ado, here's our recap of last week's chapter of The Dead of Time. What happened last week? A lot of things. Going in more detail. Um. Think psycho. What got stabbed? Oh, somebody got stabbed. No, not somebody. Um. I don't know who got stabbed. What are you doing? So for those of you who are not aware, we are currently using a new podcasting recording software and it allows us to see each other. So now I can try and give cat hints. Those disgusting sound effects you just heard was me trying to mimic somebody drinking out of a cup. Oh yeah, the cup got stabbed because it's a Hulkrox. Oh yeah. And what happened when they tried to stab the cup? Things multiplied. No, that's when they got it out of Gringotts. Hermione and Sirius went into a room filled with water. Um, and then they went swimming. And then they almost drowned, and Hermione couldn't be found, and Sirius had to dive down and grab the sword of Gryffindor and stab the cup, and then all the water drained out, and then he found Hermione, and Hermione wasn't breathing. That's correct. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hate you. Start taking notes while you read this thing. You know you can listen to the episode. Like they're available on Spotify. I don't like Apple listening Podcast, to my own voice. It's like Podbean, how some actors don't listen Cast to their box. <sighs> Tune in, Stitcher, Google. I think that's it. <laughs> I don't like listening to my own voice. Yeah, I don't either, but I have to listen to it so I can find the jokes to uh, name our episodes after. Oh, look, my eyes better. <gasps> You're not Mad-Eye Mooney. Moody. <laughs> Mad-Eye Mooney. That really is me, because uh, my uh, friend's kid calls me Aunt Mooney. So I want a new husband. I want a husband that doesn't run a blender while I'm trying to record a podcast. <laughs> anyway, that aside. I thought you said he was going hunted. I thought he was going hunting, but the other thing you hear in the background is insane amounts of rain. So, I don't hear any of that. Thank God. Hannah Beth is probably going to hear it. She's going to be like, fuck you, recording on a fucking rainy day. And she's actually not going to say that because she's very, very sweet. But, anyhow. So, the last we saw, Hermione was unconscious and Sirius was freaking out because she's not breathing. Dun, dun, dun. Muggle CPR. 
funny you say that. You know what I saw on Facebook, like right before you asked me if I wanted to record? I saw this post that said that on Pottermore that like JK explains how wizards poop and all they do is just poop wherever they are and then they do a magic spell to like get rid of their poop. I was like, what in the crap is that? She's like, they don't even need toilets. I'm like, then why do they have a prefect bathroom then for? So they did that until I think like the mid 18th or 19th century and then they got the indoor plumbing because Hogwarts is a magical castle that adapts and just builds plumbing within but um but yeah no that 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 was sort of the point where Harry Potter fans were like Joe stop talking we don't need to know this shit nobody wants to know this shit nobody asked for this shit this is literal actual shit that nobody wanted to know please stop what are you doing right now mustache <laughs> Uh, I hate you. Well, you're not reading, so what else am I supposed to do? All right, fine. Admit- okay, so chapter 12. How Fire Whiskey Felt. Hashtag. <laughs> uh, do you hear that, folks? She's already blushing. Wow. Chapter 12. <laughs> <laughs> We're adults. We can get through this. May 1st, 1998. Hermione, please wake up, Sirius cried, cradling her to his chest desperately. For the first time in what felt like decades, tears formed in his eyes and fell swiftly down his cheeks, still wet from the horcrux-created flood that had tried to kill him only minutes ago. Maya, he whispered, please wake up. His lips brushed gently against her forehead and he shut his eyes so tightly that he saw stars behind his eyelids. His heart threatened to break inside his chest as he willed his own warmth to permeate her body, to bring her back to him, as though he could will his own breath to... He gasped as the memory surfaced. Lily! Sirius cursed under his breath, hoping that he had paid enough attention the first time around. He moved Hermione's body gently down to the stone floor and did a rapid visual survey, determined to remember something from many years ago. Bloody hell, how did Maya do this? He lifted Hermione's chin with his fingers, tilted her head backwards, and pinched her small nose with his large calloused fingers before adjusting her chin to part her lips. Leaning close, Sirius inhaled, his hands shaking as he lowered his lips over hers. Had it been any other moment in his life, had he not been trying to save her, had she not been so cold beneath his touch, he would have relished the feel of her lips against his. He would have groaned into her, devouring the feel of her mouth, lost himself in the sweetness of her breath with hunger and longing. She had no breath, so he gave her his. Breath after breath, he pushed the air into her, stopping only to press his hands between his breasts, forcefully compressing down multiple times, repeating the process over and over, silently praying to Merlin and Circe and Morgana and Godric and Hell, even Salazar fucking Slytherin, if it brought the girl back to him. Just as the light from the jar containing bluebell flames finally died out, submerging them into utter darkness, he felt her body tremble beneath his hands. Suddenly, Hermione convulsed upwards, coughing and choking up the water that had tried to pull her from this world. She gasped loudly and cried out, and he pulled her against him, quietly sobbing into her mess of thick, wet curls. Is serious? Hermione whispered, her voice breaking as her hands clung to his wet shirt. It's gone, Sirius muttered his assurances, lips pressed to her brow. Merlin, don't ever die on me again. He kissed her forehead again and again, not caring that he couldn't see a thing, or that somewhere above them in the castle, loud, banging noises reverberated. She was alive, 
He drew in breath after breath, each one reminding his racing heart, she's alive. He could hear her whimper as she threw her arms around his shoulders, stifling her cries in the crook of his neck. Desperate to comfort her, Sirius ran his fingers up and down her spine, leaving behind soothing trails with his tender strokes. She let out a loud sob against his skin. The sound broke him anew. He held her tight, reassuring himself that she was, in fact, still alive, as if his soul refused to believe it. He was forced to check again. Reaching for her face, Sirius cupped her cheeks in his hands and pulled her away from his shoulder. Though he could not see her, he could feel her breath gently gliding against the skin of his jaw. You're alive, he said the words like they were a prayer, and he could feel Hermione nodding her head in his hands. I'm alive. The sweet words, roughly rasped from her recently breathless lips, shattered what little resolve he had left. Remus had insisted that she would survive this. Sirius believed him, perhaps, but he had almost lost her, and now, more than ever, he felt the finality of war and death, and he could not let one more moment escape without loving her the way he was meant to, the way he was made to the way his magic wanted him to. But that is set- <laughs> I'm dying over Kat's face right now. <laughs> she's blinking a lot. She's definitely blushing. She's like trying not to laugh, but she's smiling. And there it is. <laughs> That's so beautiful. <laughs> Are you crying? A little bit, yeah. That's so beautiful. Oh my god, guys. I'm so glad we used a video for this one. This is great. Oh god. That's adorable. Without a second thought to the very damning consequences, Sirius pressed his lips against hers, reveling in the warmth that graced them once again. He waited for her to push him away from him. She waited for her to push away from him, expecting a solid slap across the face, but a sweet-tasting sigh escaped up her throat and vibrated against his lips. Surprised, but elated, he captured the noise gratefully, swallowing it as his lips moved worshipfully over hers. With little restraint, the ache in his body demanded that he taste her. <laughs> there we go. Can confirm she was blushing. Tastes like butterbeer. <laughs> Not quite. The henna cinnamon. He feathered the tips of his fingers across her arms, trailing down until they grazed along her ribs, and she gasped in response. Her lips parted, and he took immediate advantage of the unconscious invitation, sliding his tongue into the wet warmth of her mouth and growling in appreciation when she pushed her own tongue forward to gently touch his. He groaned deep in his throat as an old, familiar thought came to the forefront of his mind. She tasted how fire whiskey felt. That sounds like a country song. <laughs> she tasted how fire whiskey felt. Yeah, except it would sound better than that. Fuck you. <laughs> he thought he had forgotten, worried he had imagined it all, but this was real. She was alive and in his arms, giving him as much as she was taking, and he sank into the feel of her. So overcome by the assault on his senses, Sirius almost missed the familiar tug of something deep inside of him that made him think, Do you feel that too? Please feel it too. He dug his free hand into a tangle of messy chestnut curls at the nape of her neck, not chest hair. <laughs> Just want to make that clear. Not chest hair. Chestnut curls at the nape of her neck, holding her tightly against him as the hungry beast within his chest growled for more. 
She made sweet little meowing sounds against <laughs> We can get through this, I swear. Also, I can't see Kat anymore because she's literally bent over double. Why? 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 Okay. Why? Against his lips, and he drank in every last one of them, promising to coax more out of her, as though it was his sole purpose. It was the sole purpose for his existence. Maybe it was. Her soft whimpers and moans fueled a fire within him that had not burned in almost 19 years, and he suddenly felt as though she had never left him. No death, no war, no Peter, no Voldemort, no betrayal, no loss, no bloody Azkaban, and certainly no veil. There was just her, only ever her, just this moment in the darkness, nibbling fervently at her lower lip and licking the mark immediately afterwards. She whispered his name, and Sirius moved his hands to her hips, pulling her into his lap and against his hard body on instinct. She, oh man, your eyes are getting real big. He's not gonna fuck her. Relax. He's not. <laughs> also, uh, important note: she is eighteen at the time of this scene. Oh yeah, I was supposed to tell you to say that. I forgot. You were. It's okay. She's eighteen. He's thirty-eight. Bit of an age difference, but. She's a grown-up, so. She winced at the movement, bringing a hand down between her breasts, inhaling slowly. He realized that he must have hurt her with the compressions earlier. A part of him thought to release her, but then he felt the pressure of her hands on his chest. Expecting to be pushed away, he was startled when she started to explore him instead. Sirius keened at the touch, slanting his mouth over hers and stroking his tongue inside of her mouth in a desperate attempt to silently communicate all of the thoughts in his head and in his heart. He wanted her to know everything, to know the truth, and he worried that he would be dead before the right moment came for her to learn it all. Magic plucked at his soul like a guitar string, vibrating between the two of them, a shared melody that formed itself into a song and repeated in both of their minds with only one lyric, mine. Hermione smoothed her hands at the column of his throat, burying her fingers in his long black locks and groaning against him, tightening the grip she had on his hair. The darkness made it easier. Gave her confidence she didn't know she had. She wanted to vocalize everything she was feeling, but she didn't have the ability to properly form coherent thoughts, let alone voice them aloud. I'm going to need you to move slightly more to the center. I can't see your face. And I can't judge your emotions. You look real intense right now. As it turns out, Kat also did not have the ability to perform or properly form coherent thoughts, let alone voice them aloud. And he's not going to do anything to- okay. Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu. She wanted to tell him that this kiss was everything to her. Upon opening her eyes, she had felt the lingering tingle on her lips that told her how he had saved her life, and a part of the sob she had cried into his shoulder when it, uh, was over the fact that the tingles were fading, and she did not even remember what they what he had felt like. She wanted to tell him that she felt those tingles now. They spread like fanfire against the skin of her neck, flooding down her chest and burying themselves into a pool in her belly. 
She wanted to tell him that he tasted like sugar quills and how when she was deep in study mode, she sucked on the candy eagerly. I thought that put erotic and inappropriate fantasies in her mind, causing her to push further against him, trying to melt into the feel of his hands on her thighs. Wow. <laughs> she wanted to tell him many things, but hide other secrets deep down. She wanted to hide her anxiety and her worries. She wanted to hide the fact that she was terrified that it was the unspoken magical bond she had created with blood magic that was driving him to touch her, tease her, and plunder her mouth with such vigor. She wanted to hide her inexperience and the fact that, though she had dreamt of a kiss like this for years, she had never experienced one like it, or one at all. Victor had been nothing but a gentleman when he escorted her to the Yule Ball fourth year, and despite what Ginny had told Ron, he had left Hogwarts with a mere kiss to Hermione's knuckles in farewell. Nothing more. Cormac McLoggan had gotten close, going so far as to attempt to trap her beneath charmed mistletoe at Slughorn's Christmas party, but Hermione had escaped without ever touching his lips, though his hands had gravitated, gravitated towards her arse more than she would care to admit. Everyone had assumed she and Ron would end up together, but seeing what had happened last year with Lavender put him in a new light, and whatever mild childish feelings she had formed for the redhead turned familial all too quickly. Her previous fancies and suitors had all been boys, save for the embarrassing infatuation she once held for Gilderoy Lockhart, as well as a more secretive crush on a different Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher in her third year, which would be... Snape. Third year, Defense Against the Dark Arts. Ow. Remus is Lupin. Remus is Lupin. But this, this man in her arms was just that, a man. He didn't fumble with his movements and didn't touch her with hesitation. His affections were not clumsy or rushed. He was precise without being predictable, surprising considering how recklessly, how reckless and impulsive he could often be. His ministrations lit a fire in her belly, and his fingers, as his fingers grazed the side of her breast, her head fell back and she let out a soft cry, a shiver descending her spine like cool water on the hottest day of summer. That's a face. Wow, and you say this is going nowhere. Okay. Liar, liar, pants for fire. Pants for fire? Patrick. <laughs> Something fluid burned inside her like liquid fire. It felt like it was flowing out of her and into him, returning to her body and bringing something with it that sparked energy. The sparks went off in time like Morse code, tap, tap, tapping between them, spelling out, mine. Sirius forced himself to pull away from her. The pulsating tone he felt more than heard inside of him was too reminiscent of moments from his past. He needed to remind himself that this was still Hermione in his arms, and she was not ready to know everything that he knew. He could hear her panting in the darkness, gasping for air, and a part of him felt guilty for depriving her of oxygen, considering the lack of such had li literally almost killed her minutes ago. Though their lips no longer connected, he felt incapable of releasing her, knowing that, the moment he did, she would leave his arms forever. He had kissed her. He had kissed Hermione, the 18-year-old best friend of his godson. He had not just kissed the girl. He had properly and thoroughly snogged her. Muggle, do you have to shut the door like that? Noises. God. I need a bat cave. 
You need a bat cave. Speaking of bat cave, I hear somebody wandering around the outside of mine. He had properly and thoroughly snogged her. Half of him wished that the moment would not end so that he would never have to face the consequences of his actions. The other half of him was desperate for light so that he could see the disheveled state he knew she was in. He wanted to witness for himself her wild curls, her flushed cheeks, and her swollen lips. But darkness and silence continued, broken only by the sound of their breathing. Hermione, he finally spoke, but his voice was immediately silenced by another. A high, cold voice that permeated the air around them. There was no telling from where it came. I know that you are preparing to fight. Your efforts are futile. You cannot fight me. I do not want to kill you. I have great respect for the teachers of Hogwarts. I do not want to spill magical blood. Give me Harry Potter and none shall be harmed. Give me Harry Potter, and I shall leave the school untouched. Give me Harry Potter, and you will be rewarded. You have until midnight. What the crap was that? That was the Voldemort voice. No. That's good, right? Mm. Oh, it sounded, on. it sounded more like creature. Creature sounds like this. Yeah, Creature sounds like he hasn't pooped in five days. (laughs) (laughs) The silence once again swallowed them. That's not in italics. Yeah, I know. I know. I was just fucking with you. I was going to do the Creature voice, but... That is a gift that is only given when it is deserved. It's a gift I didn't ask for. (laughs) That is a really disgusting face. I did not ask for the gift. You know what? I didn't ask to be born into a world where I was going to struggle to find a career and my only hobby would be recording podcasts with my friends, but here we are. I'm kidding. I like the podcast part. I don't like the part about, you know, paying taxes. The silence once again swallowed them. And this time, both were holding their breath. (gasps) Hermione was first to break away, both vocally and physically as she climbed out of Sirius's lap. We have to go. We have to help Harry. Without another word about what had just transpired, Sirius nodded and stood. Searching in the darkness, he whispered, Lumos, when he he found his wand. He looked down on the ground at the destroyed horcrux and handed it to Hermione who swiftly tucked it into her beaded bag. Then he reached for Gryffindor's sword and made his way to the exit. As the two made their way out of the corridor, a flurry of activity was taking place both above and below them. Something was attacking the castle, and the damage to the wards was causing the very ground to shake beneath them. Students and faculty appeared to move as one below, and they spotted Neville, who was following Professor Sprout with half a dozen other students, carrying what looked like silenced mandrakes. What do mandrakes do? And what happens if you hear it? You pass out. Unless it's a fully grown mandrake, at which point you die. Yes. So they have sound bombs. Yes. I dig it. Sirius gave a throaty chuckle and rubbed the pad of his thumb over his wand, adjusting his grip in preparation. 
Looks like we almost missed out on all of the fun. Room of requirement, she blurted out, ducking her head down as she moved as though she were trying to hide the blush that he could so clearly see. We have to see if the order arrived. She spoke quickly and moved faster, darting up the staircase, making her way to the seventh floor. When they turned the corner, their eyes widened at the sight of Harry and Draco sitting against the wall, breathing heavily with what looked like ash smudged against their faces. Harry's glasses were partially fogged over and Draco's normally white blonde hair was stained gray. The unconscious bodies of Crab and Goyle were piled in a heap nearby. Both boys had clearly been stunned and bound. What the hell happened to you two? Sirius demanded. Malfoy, Harry said between breaths, saved me. Hermione gaped. You saved Harry? Where do I collect my order of Merlin? Draco quipped, panting. Found it. Harry tossed a broken and blackened tiara at Hermione's feet. How'd you lot do? He asked, a chuckle slipping from his throat, followed by several loud coughs, clearing smoke from his lungs. Destroyed, Hermione said vaguely. How'd you get rid of yours without the sword? And why are the two of you covered in... soot? I remembered seeing the diadem last year when you made me get rid of the potions book, Harry said, a remnant of bitterness coloring his voice. I went in to get it and found myself face to face with Malfoy and these two, he gestured to Crab and Goyle. They tried to avada Potter, Draco muttered, shaking his head in obvious disapproval. Even if I wasn't on your side, that's a stupid move. Everybody knows the Dark Lord wants him for himself. I stunned them before they got him. Not before one of them cast Fiendfire in the room of hidden things, Harry blurted out. Fiendfire, Hermione shrieked. How did you escape? Take it down an octave, Granger, Draco scowled. You're looking at the best two seekers this school has ever seen. We flew. He gestured to the two singed brooms resting against the opposite wall. Sirius glared at the unconscious Slytherins, and he must have been growling under his breath because Draco stepped into his line of vision and said, They're just like me. They just didn't get away out in time. They tried to kill my godson. And they'll go on trial for that. You know what trials are, don't you, cousin? Draco asked pointedly. If I was informed correctly, you never got one. You wouldn't let me murder their fathers. You told me I wasn't a killer. He stood and came face to face with Sirius. Don't be a hypocrite. It was shocking for Sirius to see the family resemblance in the boy. Draco's dirty hair helped disguise the fact that he was often thought the spitting image of his father. In this light, he could see the black blood in him, especially his gray eyes, which Sirius knew matched his own almost perfectly. Silently acknowledging their fear, <laughs> silently acknowledging their shared family trait, he took a step backward and refusing to admit defeat, but instead calling a truce. Get them out of my sight, he ordered Draco. Abruptly, Hermione let out a loud, loud gasp, and all three wizards turned to face her with intense expressions and drawn wands. She covered her mouth and gave Harry and Sirius a guilty look. Sorry, she whispered. I, I just realized, Harry, the snake is all that's left. Before they had a chance to respond to her, the ground shook, and an explosion resounded at the other end of the corridor, followed by distinct shouts and sounds of spells ricocheting off of stone surfaces. The four ran towards the commotion to find three redheads amongst the large heap of rubble. Ron, Harry shouted. Ron groaned and pushed large stones off his body. I'm all right, 
Fred and Percy stood protectively over him, each dueling a Death Eater. Bloody Death Eaters are blowing up the... Okay, that is... Sorry, it was a lot of bleeding in one sentence, and I wanted to make sure I was reading it right. Bloody Death Eaters are blowing up the bloody castle now, he growled as Harry jumped over to help him to his feet. What's new with you? His blue eyes held a look of mirth as Fred and Percy grinned while shooting stunning spells and destructive curses at their opponents. Harry laughed. Oh, you know, fought a few fires, destroyed a couple horcruxes, made some new friends. We are not friends, Potter, Draco glared, and Harry laughed harder. Enough, Hermione scowled at the scene. Harry, it's time to end this. We need to find the snake, she insisted, reaching forward to grab his spectacles, running a gentle scouring charm over the lenses before handing them back to him. You need to find out where Voldemort is, because he'll have the snake with him, won't he? Do it, Harry. Look inside him. <laughs> Look inside your soul. <laughs> it's the Grim. The Grim. As Draco turned to help Fred, Ron, and Percy fight off their attackers, Sirius remained on the other side to make sure they were not attacked from behind. He kept an eye on Harry as he closed his eyes, Hermione watching carefully as she knelt next to him. With a gasp, Harry pulled back and opened his eyes. He's in the Shrieking Shack, Harry blurted out. The snake's with him. It's got some sort of magical protection around it. He's there with Snape. Voldemort's sitting in the Shrieking Shack? Hermione asked, outraged. He's... he's not... He's not even fighting? He doesn't think he needs to fight, Harry said. He thinks I'm going to go to him. Hermione gaped. But why? He knows I'm after the Horcruxes. He's keeping... Genie or Gini? Nagini. He's keeping Nagini close. Obviously, I'm going to have to go to him to get near the thing. Sirius noticed that Harry was fumbling with a file of memories that Snape had given him hours earlier. Right. Ron said, squaring his shoulders. So you can't go. That's what he wants. What he's expecting. You stay here and look after Hermione, and I'll go and get it. Harry cut through Ron's words. You two stay here. I'll go into the cloak, and I'll be back as soon as I... What cloak? Draco chimed in. He's got an invisibility cloak, Ron answered. Draco rolled his eyes. Of course he does. No, Hermione said. It makes much more sense if I take the cloak and... Potter, Draco muttered. Sirius snarled. Over my dead body. Don't even think about it, Ron shouted at the same time. Draco raised his voice. Potter! I'm just as, I'm just as capable as the rest of you, Hermione snapped. Potter! Draco screamed, and everyone turned to look at him. Grab your bloody cloak, head to the shack, take Black with you, Weasel will stay here with the other weasels to help keep the Death Eaters at bay while Granger and I cover you. Ron glowered. What gives you the right to hand out orders? The fact that no one else is fucking doing it, Draco barked. And before the... Am I boring you? Stop yawning at me. Oh, I forgot you could see. <laughs> <laughs> this coffee isn't working for me anymore. I need to, like, start drinking Gucci's or something. I got some Cafe Bustello, and it was supposed to be for, like... A cookie recipe and jimmy started using it instead of regular coffee and it's straight up espresso powder <laughs> i had it this morning and i swear to god i could smell colors <laughs> yeah i i need that coffee isn't working for me anymore 
for those of lis- for our listeners who live in Florida and can get access to Cuban coffee far more readily than I can in the middle of bumfuck Tennessee, please go drink a cafe con leche for me. I will love you forever. Bonus points if you take a picture. And show us the hairs vibrating off of your body. <laughs> I love coffee. Yeah. God, I miss Bucci. I used to get somebody who would literally just get like a colada, which is straight Bucci, but like eight ounces of it instead of an ounce. <laughs> just. I don't even know where the good ones are anymore because all the usual places aren't owned by Cubans anymore. So Sandy's. I don't know Sandy's is not owned by Cubans anymore. And the last time you came home, I told you it was gross mm, and you agreed, even though true. I told you not. So Cuban Coffee Queen isn't owned by Cubans, but it's pretty good. There also used to be a place right next to the Army Recruiting Station on Kennedy that was pretty good. It was like Tony's. There's an Army Recruiting Yeah, you know when you're driving down Kennedy and like you got hot cuts on one side and then it was like the temporary city hall on the other side? There was a little Cuban coffee place in there. Oh, yeah. Mom and I used to go there. Either that or we could just fly Jackie down. (laughs) Oye, Jackie! Yo quiero café con leche! Oh my god. I haven't spoken Spanish in a really long time. You necesito tapco en leche. Y pan cubano. Y pan con queso. Y ropa vieja. Y read the Harry Potter. Lo siento. Oh my God. You need to talk to your mother-in-law sí. more. Yo necesito practicar mi español. Mi vocabulario es horrible. Oui. <laughs> Je parle un peu. Ma français est okay. son terrible. Mais c'est incroyable. Stop les bleus, mais c'est incroyable. Annyeong hasyo. Pagopa. Saranghe. Global affairs majors are fun, kids. Anyway. Shepresham. Alright, so. Draco yelling at people. Go, Harry. There we are. Go, Harry. Put an end to all of this, she pleaded, and then rushed forward, pulling her best friend into a hug and kissing his cheek. Harry smiled at her and turned to leave, gesturing at Sirius to follow, but Sirius paused, looking down at Hermione. He realized that the two of them had not properly made eye contact since leaving the dark, caved-in passageway. <laughs> yeah, no, they haven't. <laughs> Don't. At your age. <laughs> I prefer to act my shoe size, which is seven and a half. Hey. I'm nine. <laughs> Aw, you're the more mature one in this relationship. Oh, God, that's horrifying. He realized that the two of them had not properly made eye contact since leaving the dark caved in passageway. Not that they had done much with their eyes down there in the first place. Yeah, that's not what you do down there. (laughs) Go, she whispered and hugged Sirius close to her. That's how you become mad eye moody if you do it that way. (laughs) Hmm. That's not what happened to me, by the way. Mm-hmm. That's not what happened. Mm-hmm. Not what happened. Likely story. 
Don't share mascara with people. Straight up. Pretty sure I'm going to get pink eye in my ear because my dog licks his butthole and then he licks my ear. So I'm going to get some sort of weird ear infection. That's disgusting. Dude, he eats ass like that shit's groceries. Can't you like... We've tried. Okay, that's disgusting. Yeah, we're working on it. That's an episode for another podcast. In another... Well, it could be worse. Brianna's cat likes to go in the freezer. Is it trying to become Chinese food? I, I, I don't know. Jaws is the weirdest cat I've ever met in my life. I do appreciate that his name's Jaws. That's a different Yeah, that's podcast. a different That's that this is the kind of shit that we talk about in our AMAs because you guys don't ask for anything. Well, he bit four people when <laughs> she got him, so his name is Jaws. Dun dun dun. Dun, 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 I have dun, to bond two weeks while she's on vacation, so that's gonna be fun. Aw, cat and the cat. Yeah, well, this is why I'm a good friend because I watch people's pets where they go hang out with a boy. <sighs> anyway, the life I lead. Anyway, Sirius smiled and kissed her forehead before turning on the heels of his dragonhide boots and following Harry. Hermione watched longingly as Sirius disappeared around the corner. Come on, Granger, Draco ordered. Ron gripped Draco's robes tightly and glared at him. She's not going with you. We don't have time for this, Hermione shouted and turned away from both of them to go after Harry and Sirius. If Ron let Draco follow her, then so be it. But she was not sticking around to watch another pissing match between the two while her best friend and her... And her... And Sirius risked their lives. Hermione ran down the next staircase and found herself in the middle of several vicious duels. The portraits on either side of the fighters were crammed with figures screaming advice and encouragement, while Death Eaters, both masked and unmasked, dueled students and teachers. I'm just imagining, like, the fat lady and all of the other, like, paintings from the school going, Yeah! <laughs> Because I'm talking to the pictures on the walls. Hang in there, Joan. Dean, with his stolen snatcher's wand, faced off with Amicus Caro, Pavardi against Avery, Seamus with Jugson. It was at that point that Draco caught up with her, though he appeared to have a new bruise marring the sharp angle of his jaw. Hermione raised a brow. Draco lifted his right hand to show bloody knuckles. The other guy looks worse. Trust me, he said with a smug grin, and she glared at him. The two surveyed the onslaught before them, scanning the crowd for Harry and Sirius, but could find neither. They stood braced, waiting for the opportunity to act. But before they could, there came a great... I wanted to Yeah, it looked really fun, right? <laughs> Looking up. Hermione saw Peeves zooming over them, dropping, dropping Snargleuf pods down upon the Death Eaters, whose heads were suddenly engulfed in wriggling green tubers that looked like fat worms. A fistful of tubers had hit something up ahead. The damp green roots were suspended improbably in midair. Someone's invisible there, a masked Death Eater shouted, pointing to where Hermione knew to be Sirius and Harry beneath the cloak. Wingardium Leviosa! Hermione called out, and the masked Death Eater rose into the air, his limbs flailing around as he screamed in rage. She gave a sigh of relief as she saw a large black dog dash out from beneath the cloak and make a run for the Whomping Willow, followed closely by a flapping green-soaked cloak. Oh, this is is one of my favorite parts. 
Really, Granger? Draco eyed her incredulously. A first-year spell? Hermione held Draco's stare with an emotionless look. With the slightest flick of her wand, the floating Death Eater was flung into the castle wall with a loud crunch and fell to the ground in an unconscious heap. He smiled scornfully. I'll deny it if, an, if you ever tell anyone, but that was mildly impressive. The moment was short-lived, however, when a group of Death Eaters attacked them from the other direction. Hermione ducked behind a large stone pillar to avoid a stunning spell. Draco's face changed immediately and looked like the very frightened boy he used to be, throwing up his arms in surrender. I'm, I'm Draco Malfoy, he shouted, as if pleading with the masked invader. I'm Draco. I'm on your side. Malfoy? They gaped at him. What the, where the bloody hell have you been, boy? A, state, a verite statum. Suddenly, all three Death Eaters flew backwards, landing on their backsides. Draco followed up the attack by disarming all three. He grinned, twirling their wands. Idiots. You're dead, you little blood traitor. Incarcerous, Hermione said, and watched his ropes flow out of her wands, binding the Death Eaters. Epoximies, she added, and the ropes drew themselves downward, sticking to the stone floor beneath the new prisoners. Malfoy sneered. Showing off, Granger. Not yet, Hermione chuckled and switched her wand. Avis. One by one, a tiny flock of canaries burst from the tip. Still at war here, Draco muttered impatiently. She grinned, a hint of mischief in her eyes. A pug now. The canaries descended and began viciously attacking the Death Eaters, who began to scream and thrash against their bindings, to no avail. Draco, against his better judgment, looked amused by the sight, and Hermione beamed in response. Careful there, Granger, he gave her his famous smirk. People might think you're flirting with me. And something tells me that you're already spoken for. He winked at her, and her face heated. Waving his wand, Draco strode fluidly through the Great Hall, expelling Death Eaters through the glass windows at every step. <laughs> I'm just picturing like that. Crash. Crash. That just like, like that's the music I hear. Is he's just like flinging people in and out of windows. It's great. It's a very active imagination you got there. That's why I write fan fiction. Also, musical ears. That... What are you doing? Waiting. You're dancing to something. I want to know what it is. I'm not dancing to anything. It's the people in my head, okay? Well, tell them to shut the fuck up. It's my turn. I don't have people in my head. What do you know? Hermione demanded as she caught up with him. Draco laughed. I'm, no, I'm not as stupid as everyone else. I know that Black called in a life debt from my mother back at the manor, and when she hesitated, he threatened to use a very old, very powerful spell. Did you know, Granger, that life debts, when called in properly, can even bring back the dead? He turned and grinned at her, a gleam in his eyes as he watched her reaction. It's not dark magic, she defended. No, it's blood magic. Draco's grin spread across his face. It's binding magic. Malfoy, I swear, if you say anything, I'll... Oh, I'll keep your little secret. Hermione. He used her first name and laughed when she grimaced at the sound of it coming from his mouth. After all, we're practically family now. Why are they practically family? Because he got some black in him. <laughs> I hate the way you worded that. Of course, that. I just hate uh... <laughs> 
Jesus. Hey, everybody wants to be like me. Everybody wants to be like you. Also, what's that Disney song where it's like, uh, oh my God, what is it? What is everybody it? wants what to be a it? cat? No. You got a friend in me, but it said is you got some black in me. <laughs> oh, you got some black in me. But yeah, everybody wants to be a cat too. Yeah, yeah. Um, we are at the time of this. We will be done with the uh, little thing we have going on. What's the contest? No, it's not a contest. It's a Giveaway. giveaway thank you thank you <laughs> we broke five thousand i feel like we should wait we're so close to the end of this fuck it we're gonna do it now um just so you guys can't turn us off you have to wait to hear the last of the story anyway uh we broke 100 followers on twitter and five thousand actually 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 that's the wrong app um actually we have 102 twitter followers now. and we are currently at 5000 and 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 5083 all-time total plays which we are super excited about because we've been on the air less than 90 days. And that is super freaking amazing. We love every single one of you for doing this for us. It is just beyond stellar to have this kind of support this early on in a podcast. So thank you so, so much. And in honor of your guys' awesomeness, we are currently doing a uh, giveaway, which will unfortunately be done by the time this airs. However, I would like to state that the the rules for the giveaway were that you had to comment your favorite memory from the Fire Whiskey and Honey podcast. And so far, those memories are uh, Remus's Lupin. Actually, I'll read the rest of these later. We'll finish the story first. I won't torture you all. Where were we? After all, we're practically family now. Before she could say another word, silence fell over the castle. Everyone stopped in their tracks, and the Death Eaters made a hasty retreat, as if silently commanded to do so. Before anyone could ask what had happened, the walls echoed again, once again, with the high, cold voice that Hermione knew to be Voldemort. Her eyes narrowed, and she turned to Mouthboy for an explanation, but the blonde wizard, who looked fearless in the face of multiple Death Eaters, shrank against the sound of the Dark Lord. You ready? Oh, God. You have fought valiantly. Lord Voldemort knows how to value bravery, yet you have sustained heavy losses. If you continue to resist me, you will all die. Did you just take your headphones off? <laughs> God, you're an asshole. I do not wish this to happen. Every drop of magical blood spilt is a loss and a waste. Lord Voldemort is merciful. I command my forces to retreat immediately. You have one hour. Dispose of your dead with dignity. Treat your injured. I speak now, Harry Potter, directly to you. You have permitted your friends to die for you rather than face me yourself. I shall wait for one hour in the Forbidden Forest. If at the end of that hour you have not come to me, have not given yourself up, then battle recommences. This time I shall enter the fray myself, Harry Potter. 
and I shall find you, and I shall punish every last man, woman, and child who has tried to conceal you from me. One hour. Hermione looked up, terrified at the thought that Harry and Sirius might not have made it to the Shrieking Shack if Voldemort was still alive, but he had called out for Harry specifically, which meant Harry must still be alive. She scanned the great hall where the wounded were being carried in by the droves. A glance at Draco, who was recovering from the announcement, made her think that he was trying to decide whether or not he had picked the winning side. Finito! He needs to work on his ransom notes thread. <laughs> so, before we get into our giveaway, what do you think? Well, it's getting nasty. And a lot of different definitions of that word. You mean because people are dying? But, well, yes, people are dying. And people are getting it on. Yeah, they're they're doing that too. And this is what happens when Claire gets me a microphone. (laughs) You can't see it, but she's like screaming into it Freddie Mercury style and checking up the rock on sign. Because we are the wizards, my friend. And we'll keep on fighting Voldemort till the end. We are the wizards. We are the wizards. No time for muggles because we are the wizards of Hogwarts. Ooh, that's pretty good. <laughs> You're welcome, guys. That'll be available on iTunes shortly. I'm kidding. That's never coming outside of this podcast. <laughs> but yeah, so we have two, two, two episodes left. Two, two episodes left for our first season, Wild Beyond Wild. Um, once we're done with those, we'll be filming a QA with Shayalani, which we will allow Kat to just interrogate the shit out of her if you guys have any questions that you would like to ask shaya please go ahead and send them in um we will be doing that in lieu of our normal bonus content episode for december mainly because you guys don't ask for anything and we don't know what to talk about and it's kind of one of those we're just bullshitting which i feel like it isn't fun for you guys to listen to except for the fact that we think we're hilarious but yeah, so ask some questions. Ask us what our favorite color is. Ask us what our favorite cereal is. So ask us if we think Die Hard is a Christmas movie. I don't care. So loud. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie, people? We'll debate that on the next q It absolutely Just is. Kidding. That being said. Um, so let's talk about the fact that I'm not at all salty that people's favorite memories of our podcast are Remus's Lupin, which is a me line, Cat uh, doing recaps, so, point one for Claire, point one for Kat. Um, I definitely love how Kat is experiencing the story for the first time. Uh, the two of you are doing an awesome job. Keep up the good work. So, I'll, I'll call that a point for each of us. So, we're tied at two and two. I love it when you ask Kat to recap or ask her a specific question about HP, and she always answers with exasperation. Makes me laugh every time. So, three, two. Kat's audible blushing, four, two. I love when you can hear Kat's reactions as she discovers the scenes we all know well. Five, two. My two favorites have already been said. Cat's recaps, 6-2. And, uh, and the audible blushing, 7-2. I haven't gotten far enough in to have a favorite memory. I only listened to the first intro so far, but I felt like it was funny. I can't wait to see what the rest of the podcast holds. We'll call that a draw. 
Uh, I crack up every time one of you or both of you get lost and have to have the other one starts talking or singing to themselves. Cracks me up every time. Draw. Honestly, it's so hard to choose, but I'd have to say cat taking forever to realize that Remus is Lupin. 7-2, 8-2, losing track. Cat audibly blushing, 8-2. Favorite memory is Claire's justification for doing the different voices, then stopping to try and remember what voice was used for what character. Ha ha, I got one. 8-3. Uh, and whenever Cat makes something sexual in an episode four where she says she's sexually frustrated because she peels labels off of bottles and Claire's like, I'm sorry, what? Ha ha. 9-3. Fuck you. You're the favorite. Quit biting your tongue. Because I'm the... I'm a cool one. <laughs> yeah, it's just because they can't see you when you're recording. No, I'm kidding. I look like shit. <laughs> you actually look way cooler than me because I have like the little in-ear audio monitors and you've got like the cool over-the-ears. Are those Beats? No, they're Amazon. Hell yeah. <laughs> At least yours are like cool and expensive and very Adele, but... Yeah, they are, but they were also like free because I called myself an audiophile to the right person. <laughs> yeah, and also because he is one of those like creepy people who probably had ulterior motives for giving those to you. But anyway, oh, he's a married man with a child. Actually, he's divorced. <sighs> Damn it! I'm married to Jimmy. Honestly, it has nothing to do with the guy's money. It has entirely everything to do with the fact that he could have introduced me to so many musical people. But anyway, we digress. I feel like this is the first episode that really had anything like hot and steamy in it. And I love the fact that you fucking cried. I cried at the movie I watched last night, okay? like Oh, you're hormonal. <laughs> hormonal i am in a stage of grief she's hormonal i'm in a stage of grief hormonal okay will you please explain to them that i am hormonal in the non-tiny human way and just oh yeah no 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 way. she's just pmsing like neither <laughs> one of us are reproducing right now yet well you can't. I can't. But anyways, that's a different podcast. I apparently can't. We'll find out. We'll find out. That's the podcast where we take that book title and say that men are from Mars and women are from Venus. And we talk about how guys are stupid duty heads. Yeah. I'm from wherever they make Jarlsberg cheese because that shit's delicious. There's like eight Jarls worth of Jarlsberg in there. <laughs> <laughs> I made a Jarlsberg grilled cheese because of that movie and it was not as good as I expected it to be. I'm sorry. I think it, I think I needed the expensive bread too. You should watch the movie I watched last night. It was cute. Okay. We should probably do the outro so everybody can go about their day. Okay. Like they have things to do. Oh, well... <laughs> You guys don't have anything to do. You just need to listen to us. Before we go into that outro, though, we are going... Oh, my God. Those eyes are crooked. What? They're not even stamped in the right place. What the fuck are you looking at? Sorry, I have, like, these, like, Christmas rubber duckies on my desk, and some of their eyes aren't stamped in the right spot. Oh, somebody did that to me with peeps once. All their eyes were on the tops of their head, and it freaked me out. I didn't like it. 
Oh my god. Okay, outro. Wait, no, 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 no outro. Okay. We gotta thank our super awesome people who allow us to continue doing this without burning a huge hole in our pockets that my husband would yell at me about. Yes, all six of you. Hey, yeah. Twelve. 12. <laughs> we have <laughs> we currently do have twelve people who have producer level credits on our podcast. And those people are Krista, Carissa Horton, Kelsey Malilo, Ryder, Ashley Anstrom, Martina, Elise Wolfson, Jillian Foles, Claire Luciano, Miranda Eskew, Sophie Segator, and Laura Rivers. Woohoo! And let me see if we have any other new ones. I feel like I've said all these already, but just in I actually know there are a couple of these that I know I haven't said. Um Vanessa Anastasia, Michelle Terezi, Alyssa Rosendahl, Lucy Drew Golakova. And that's it. Thank you, everybody, for contributing to us. We appreciate you. I'm going to mark all of you guys as done now so that I don't accidentally announce you once more. And with that, clickety, clickety, clackety, we can do our outro. Take it away, Kit Kat. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fire, Whiskey, and Honey. A special thank you to Shayalani for allowing us to read your story. And thank you to Blue Ivy Creations for creating our logo and Hannah Beth for editing our episode. You can find us on Instagram at FWHpod. And on Twitter at FWHpodcast. And our website, FWHpod.com. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to support and get extra content, please support us on Patreon. Thank you to those who support us already. We wouldn't be here without you. See you next Fire Whiskey Friday. Woo-hoo.